The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data, Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. Here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro, and today we're going to discuss consumer expectations for brands. Joining us is Spencer Burke, who is the SVP of Growth at Braze, which is a leading comprehensive customer engagement platform that powers interactions between consumers and the brands they love. And today, Spencer and I are going to discuss what consumers want from brands. All right, here's my conversation with Spencer Burke, the SVP of Growth at Braze. Spencer, welcome to the MarTech Podcast. Thanks, Ben. It's great to be here. Excited to talk with you today. Excited to have you on the show. Excited to talk a little bit about expectations. I feel like a lot has been changing in marketing. We've got these fundamental shifts in technology, the use of artificial intelligence in terms of our data and tracking capability with all the privacy regulations, cookies going away. And yet the consumer's expectations are also evolving. Talk to me a little bit about how you think about the evolution of consumer expectations for brands. It's an exciting topic right now. I think especially within the marketing ecosystem, all the talk around AI and LLMs has really brought a lot of this to the surface because it highlights some of the interesting tension in this space between thinking about data, privacy, and security, and some of the amazing capabilities we have from a technical perspective to drive personalization and more engaging content. So it's a really a perfect topic for the time. Generally, I think we can look at this from both sides of the coin. On one hand, we can think about it as marketers, our profession, what we live and breathe. But then as consumers, we're also getting communications from brands all the time. I think that empathy with the consumer's point of view can be really, really helpful for a lot of marketers as they're starting to think about how to evolve their strategy and better start to connect with the consumer. I think there's this understanding now that the technology has advanced that the messaging should change. I think consumers' expectation is not just, I'm going to get random messages from you every once in a while until I buy thing and you can clutter my inbox because I've somehow engaged with your brand, but you have to have a reason, a coherent message, a very clear call to action Talk to me about the evolution of the use of the MarTech stack and how communication is being delivered. How have those expectations changed? We can focus on, I think mobile is a great place for us to think about a really big shift in consumer expectations. The personal nature of mobile phones 
it's with you everywhere. It's at your bedside at night. When you wake up, it's where your alarm's going off. It's in your pocket or your purse. It's with you all day. And I think that change from a computer as something you sit down to, and when it comes to digital marketing, that desktop PC being the place that you're receiving and getting all that, to something that is very personal in terms of the device itself being with you all the time. I think that's what really set off this trend in a big way, where consumers just realize like, hey, this is with me. If you're sending me a push notification, you're disrupting my day. If I need to urgently look at something or there's an opportunity for a brand to engage with me, you just expect it to be more personal as a result of that device being something that has become very personally attached to you. This year, I have made the personal decision that I want to detach. I don't know if you can see this. I moved my phone behind me. It's in front of my fantasy football championship trophy, which sadly this year I need to give to somebody else I lost in the semifinals. But I am trying to not have my phone on me in front of me all time. I was a two screen constantly person. I'm watching the TV. I have my phone in front of me. I'm interviewing a podcast. I've got my phone in front of me and displaying the time. But there are all these notes notifications that are popping up. And it started to give me this terrible sense of anxiety. I was just always on and always distracted. And I'm trying to be more present and more focused. Hopefully everyone else is doing this as well. And we can all sing Kumbaya together. (laughs) I doubt that's actually happening. Have consumers just become blind to the number of notifications that they get and they receive them and just ignore them? Or are people starting to try to detach and limit the amount of distraction they're getting because it can be always on? I think it's a little bit of both. Whether you're on Android or iOS, there's more of a focus on digital well-being and capabilities to pause apps, create the screen at certain times. So I think they're within these ecosystems, we're starting to see more awareness of being conscientious about screen time. I have two little kids at home. And so I think a lot about how am I using my devices and are they seeing me engaging with them or staring at a phone? At the same time, when marketing is done well, I love Instacart for being able to order a bunch of diapers to the house. And that saves me time. And when there's the possibility of getting something that I need for the girls really quickly, knowing about a sale or promotion can be a really great way to engage me on that. I think it's about finding balance, but there's still all these opportunities to get marketing really right and then have it be part of that in a way that's not disruptive, but adds value. So the title of this episode is What Do Consumers Want From Brands? And I actually think the key word there is want, right? We have this ability to send messages across multiple channels and stay in front of our consumers. And we have this risk of oversatiating those consumers to the point where they're either blind to our messages or they're just opting out saying no or, God forbid, putting your phone in the other room. (laughs) But we do want some notification. So what's the secret sauce to figuring out not only what consumers expect, but when do they want you to reach out, push, communicate? Uh, What is the desire and the want in terms of communications from consumers? For every consumer, it's going to be a little bit different. And that's what makes these challenges really hard. But today, technology can facilitate that. You know, in the past, we'd use day parting on television to think about, okay, what kind of consumers are watching TV at a certain time? And we'll time our ads based on that. We're way past that, right? Super scientific. Yeah. So if we can have data on 
what channels a consumer prefers. Do you open push notifications or email? Do you prefer text messages? Is there a certain time of day that you tend to use an app or respond more to an email or notification? So the intelligence in the system like Braze can help make a lot of these choices for you where you want it to be truly one-to-one and personalized for the consumer. I think taking a step back just from things like timing of the message, consumers want the experience to be more personalized, but they have some skepticism of providing data. And so one of the easiest things a marketer can think about is how to be transparent about data collection. So if you're asking for something, help the consumer understand what's the value that they're going to get from providing that to you. Really pretty simple example is when it sounds like you're a sports fan, you download the ESPN app, they're going to ask you what your favorite teams are. And then they're going to ask you about notification preferences based on those teams. So hockey fan, watch the Minnesota Wild, choose to get notifications every time they score a goal or not. But they're going to use that information and they explicitly tell you to help power what kinds of messages you're getting from ESPN. So I think that trade-off and being explicit about that can be a really, really easy way to start to get consumers bought in, provide them something they want, but do it in a way that they can understand and see that process so that the data collection doesn't feel intrusive. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then. And instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. There's the notion of the push mechanism, which we've been talking about, or at least dancing around the most explicit way to say, hey, I need your attention. I'm going to get in front of you and potentially disrupt what you're doing. There are other data signals that you can use to have less obtrusive messaging. How do you figure out the right way to figure out when it's like, uh, hey, let me buzz your pocket, disrupt your day, something you need to interact with daily, or you're a Minnesota Wild fan. They made the playoffs. I don't I, What's a hockey? I'm from Northern <laughs> California. That's the one with the flat ball. Where I'm from, it's basketball, baseball, and football. But we have the Sharks. You have the Sharks, yeah. That doesn't count. They're terrible. Anyway. <laughs> I went to Boston University and saw a couple college hockey games because that was basically the only sports they had. And so 
that's go. basically my hockey experience. But maybe the Minnesota Wild made the playoffs. Are they any good this year? No, unfortunately. They don't sound very good. Just <laughs> wild. Anyway, let's say they make the playoffs. All right. I don't necessarily need notifications of they made the playoffs. I'm probably going to see that. Maybe I do. But that's also the time when it's like, hey, you're a fan of this team. They are in a peak interest time. Maybe we should try to push e-commerce products like the fanatic strategy of your team made the Super Bowl. The first TV ad you see is a here's where you can get the licensed gear. How do you figure out the less obtrusive strategy where you're pushing messaging, but not disruptive messaging? When should you be disruptive? When shouldn't you? Yeah, I like to think about it as a spectrum. First, how complex is the task or the communication that you're asking from the consumer? And something like making a purchase, you know, maybe depend on the amount and maybe how many choices the customer has to make. Something in a healthcare context could be a lot more complex and we want to think about that. So that's going to be one axis. The other is how urgent really is this? Is this something I need someone to action immediately? Getting a message from Uber that your car is about to show up, you want to know about that pretty quickly. And so being disrupted is okay. If something is maybe an earlier part of a purchase journey, it can help educate me, but I don't need to go run and take some action immediately. So think about the complexity, think about the urgency, and that'll help drive you towards different channels. Something like a push notification, one of the more disruptive channels. I think SMS can be in that category as well. But those channels work really well when there is something that you want to get in front of someone, something that can be really timely, like a piece of news or a sport event or something related to a food delivery car coming for you. Things that are less urgent, though, where you're trying to educate the consumer, maybe helping expose them to a new product. There's a lot of ways you can think about personalizing a website, personalizing the app experience that they're seeing more relevant content for them when they're logging back in. You can also consider something like an email where email can be great for an urgent task, but you also have a lot more real estate than a push notification. That's a pretty short format piece of content. And email gives you a lot more to work with. So you can take the customer through a more complex task. You can go really deep on something and you can focus a call to action that would maybe take them to the web to go explain something on your site, take them to a purchase, things like that. I guess the problem that I have thinking about customer engagement, and there's this balance that you have to play of like, this channel has a more immediate effect, a more direct measurable ROI, but can potentially be obtrusive and might lead to a bad customer relationship. And so you're always in this dance of, I want to reach out to my customers. I have to figure out the right medium. I have to figure out the right timing. I have to figure out the right content call to action that can be very, very complex. How should marketers think about leveraging the right MarTech stack to understand that balance of the interaction and the business performance as opposed to the long-term health of the relationship with your consumers? That's an important distinction. And there's some legacy mindset around, especially for anyone who is doing database marketing, right? It's like, you're just thinking about your reach, the size of the audience, and trying to get to as many people as possible. And a lot of the brands that I've worked with, especially when they're evolving something like an email program, they may be coming from a place where the things that their boss is asking about is, how many emails did you send? What was the conversion rate? How much revenue did that drive? And they're thinking about it very narrowly based on a particular message and a particular campaign. And what that ends up doing is, to your point, you miss the larger customer journey. And 
when you do that, you're really sacrificing the long-term value that you can create out of building that customer relationship. And from a technology perspective, you need to have the data that supports doing the right kinds of segmentation, personalization, tracking results. And you need to be able to create more complex journeys where you can start to orchestrate all the different parts of the customer lifecycle and then think about that value that you're providing. Again, going back to what's their expectation, think about that value across that whole life cycle and not just on a single email or a single message or a single campaign that you're running. Yeah, there's rarely, if ever, a KPI that says, how many people did you piss off by sending so many messages or the wrong message? It's always, tell me about volume. Are we able to get the messages out there and received? And then are they efficient in converting dollars? There is always going to be this relationship that you need to manage with your customers. Thinking about your customer journey, as you put it, is an incredibly part of making sure that you're meeting your customer expectations. You can't just think about outputs, inputs to revenue. You have to think about that experience, that journey, the relationship you're building, because customers don't think about your marketing volume. They don't think about the revenue that they're generating. They think about their relationship with the brand in akin to a way that they think of it like a group, a friend, a person. And you need to think of your relationship just as much as you think about your revenue. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Spencer Burke, the SVP of Growth at Braze. Join us again tomorrow when Spencer and I continue our conversation talking about ranking trust, privacy, affordability, and personalization. If you can't wait till our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Spencer, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes, or you can visit his company's website, which is braze.com, B-R-A-Z-E.com. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com. We've got summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. And you can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter. You can even apply to be our next guest speaker on the Martech podcast. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or you can contact me directly on LinkedIn. My handle is Ben J. Schapp, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.